This is Lost in the Groove. And I'm Mike. I'm Dave. We hippies have come together to spark change. So together, we give you our society and culture podcast. So with that, let's get funky and let the intro music play, baby. So uh, we're continuing the uh, psychedelic train because we're a bunch of fucking hippies and we do drugs for a living. This is what we do, uh, like a bunch of idiots and morons. But hey, we have a blast. We have fun. We have a great conversation for you. This is part one because we couldn't cram all this shit up into one episode. We had to make it more difficult, but at least you have something next week to listen to. Anyway, we got a special guest back on. It's Henry, my main man. He's in Utah, he's freezing his ass off, but he's here for us to discuss all about sweet magic mushrooms. So without further ado, Henry, you're our guide, you're our sensei, you're our shaman for today. Please. What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm glad to be here to talk about good old magic mushrooms. I've done quite a bit of those. Just, just a little. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a tad. I've also grown some too. Yeah, that was. What was that cool. like? It was awesome. Was it successful. Uh, yeah, it was. It was pretty successful growing, but yeah, I'll tell you the story. It took like three months for it to like grow, but uh, there was this company. They would send you the spores in a bag of grain. And then you just like sit, I set it in my closet because it has to be completely dark wherever it grows. Um, and yeah, for like a month and a half, you, I just waited for the mycelin to grow onto the grain. And once the bag is covered, you dump it in some compost, uh, mix that up. And then you also want it to be dark, but give it like six to seven hours of sunlight each day and then like put it somewhere dark and then yeah over the month and a half they like grew and they were huge like the first three had to have been like at least two feet and the <laughs> the caps were like what yeah they were huge yeah it makes sense. i was shocked <laughs> i mean, was like it, it makes yeah. sense because if you think about it most mushrooms that have um, hallucinogenins. Uh, some, a lot of them are toxic. Uh, other ones that are not. They're actually quite large mushrooms. Uh, I think the reason for this is certain chemical compounds in mushrooms help it expand. So usually, like the small, <coughs> little micro penis ones, the little tiny ones, uh, they <laughs> usually they usually are more condensed. They're more dense. So if you ever, for example, like great example of this would be. Um, uh, what's it called oyster mushrooms? Oyster yeah. mushrooms are very, 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 very chewy, extremely chewy. Like you're, you'll sit there like a fucking dog, just like ah. But you take like a portobello mushroom, or like a shiitake mushroom, and it's you could just rip the shit apart, and it's, you know, like it's all the compounds that come together. You got to remember, like we're dealing with mushrooms. Really, really cool. It really is. They're really cool plants. You could do a lot of shit with them. Well, it's, uh, 
what's curious is do you, like whoever uh, sent you the spores did it tell you what uh, the strain was because i've seen some penis envy uh psilocybin mushrooms that were huge just huge cocks, cats. yeah the large cocks oh yeah yeah they I, I don't remember if they did have the the like strain of what it was but yeah they were huge i was shocked did <laughs> you, you know, eat them like yeah i you ate, ate them fresh too like eating Damn. magic mushrooms fresh compared to them like dried completely different um, don't they i mean this is as far as i know don't they grow from shit generally speaking Usually, like cow shit, yeah. I mean, didn't that like smell up the apartment just just a little bit? Oh no, mine. I it's I grew it out of compost. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, like, like back in like the day, you know, like in Terrence McKenna and Ram Dass, when they were like doing mushrooms, they found it on cow shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, hmm, what's this? yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna eat this <laughs> see what happens i mean you, you gotta like think to yourself there had to have been somebody like century goes it's like oh my god there's shit on the ground and there's mushrooms growing out of it and this genius was like you know what i'm gonna eat this shit i'm gonna take it home to my wife <laughs> and i'm gonna eat it and uh, must have been a hell of a trip that's for sure oh yeah Wonder what kind of shit it oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Shiitake mushrooms. Just kidding. But you know that could have also just been a curiosity of like, I wonder if this is edible, and then they all start tripping fucking balls. Like, hmm, I should treat my wife better. <laughs> <laughs> I should do this and that. Right. Yeah. And and then they wake up the next day. They're like, oh man. Never again with those mushrooms. <laughs> well, I actually learned too, like Vikings uh, back then, before they would go out into battle, they would take uh, magic mushrooms because it sharpened their senses. I believe that. Fighting. You know how you, so you've, since you've experienced mushrooms, I mean, imagine how difficult that fucking is. Is that like, I, obviously, taking into account the mushrooms available during that era of Vikings compared to what we're, what we have available today, but to be on such a guard and such a defensive, you know, um, uh, I want to say posture for these guys to go into battle on mushrooms. How difficult would that have been? I, I mean, you, you have to also keep in mind, we're talking about Vikings. These are by far, one of the most notorious, most powerful raid of people that we knew. I mean, they fought, and they the things that they did were unheard of. I mean, for Christ's sakes, they were one of the very first men, and even women. Women actually used to fight with Vikings. They were actually uh, women leaders of Viking tribes. They would just raid like, just go into a village, like, in the middle of the night. Like, it could be, like, 12 o'clock at night, and they'll just go into the village and just slaughter everyone that's in sight. Back For Valhalla, then, man. Valhalla, exactly. But, like, that's... they 
they they had no interpretation of like, oh, we have to do it at this, this, and this time. So you might say to yourself, maybe it was because of the mushrooms that they were taking, they didn't need to follow the rules because the rules, they made the rules, not the other way around, which maybe Ooh. made them successful. Who knows? I mean, they don't exist anymore. It talks a lot. <laughs> but ah, the Nordics are still around, man. Yeah, Just, they, they've been fucked you know, by the Germans and the French and the Denmark and it, it, <laughs> all those guys it, up it, there. All those guys. It's hard to find. It's hard to find uh, Norwegians that are Viking descent. It is. Mm. Or, or they just won't won't say. But still, nonetheless, a cool idea. Just wanting uh, taking these mushrooms, going into battle. Feeling your sentence, sent, uh, senses heightened right before you go into a village, as you say, and raid the shit out of them. But uh, still, so I've seen these penis, penis envy mushrooms before, man, and they're massive. So you said you tried these fresh, and you say mm-hmm. there's a difference between the two. Like, can you speak about how you, wh- where did you see differences between fresh? And something dried. Hmm. Curious about First that. First and foremost, just like taste-wise, the fresh ones are a lot more stronger than the dried ones. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, biting into it. Oh my gosh, it was like biting into an apple. And so I like yeah. me. It's hard for me to eat mushrooms as it is because I don't know. To me, I just don't really enjoy the taste. And so I like blended it up into a smoothie. It was it's like a strawberry smoothie, but it turned my smoothie like a different color. I want to say like purple and blue. But it was, yeah, it was pretty good. Damn. Yeah. And, All right. Um, so what about effect? Effect wise, like I felt like it was a much stronger trip. Um. How much of this fucking thing did you eat? I only ate one because I like just, yeah, the so, size of it. I was like, this is equivalent. Like, I feel like it was more than an eighth, to be honest. Well, you, <laughs> like, I mean, if it was fresh, it probably still retained a lot of its weight. Yeah. It wasn't dried. I mean, fuck. I mean, mushrooms. You had like. I mean, mushrooms don't weigh that much, but. You'd, you'd be surprised. But, yeah, I mean, but like. In your own words, Henry, in regards to size-wise, like comparing it to dry and fresh, how much difference of a size are we talking about of consumption? Like, for example, if you had dry and you took, I don't know, let's just say like five, how many of those mushrooms that you grew could you can compare that to fresh? That's not fair. That's not a fair question. I I, I understand that, but I'm trying to... we're, we have a podcast here, and I'm assuming people are going to want to have an idea of, like, okay. Well, they're not – I mean, most people, first off, like, if they're starting out eating shrooms, they're probably not going to get them fresh unless they grow them themselves. They're probably not even – yeah, it's not even possible to – Yeah, and they're not even going to weigh them either. They're just going to be like, oh, I bought an eighth. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah. It was, they're uh, going to buy an eighth, and they're going to be like, yeah. fuck them. Yeah, but you know what? Let's also give credit to the fact that there may be some people here that have already 
had experience with mushrooms and they'd kind of want to have an idea, like, for example, if they ever want to grow mushrooms themselves, you know, like what's the difference of, you know, consumption wise compared to fresh and, and having it dry. I would definitely say a fresh one probably would be equivalent to like maybe a little more than an eighth. Okay. Like trip wise. But yeah. But yeah, it's still like, interesting. I was I was thinking it, it would have been probably closer to you know twice the amount, almost three times the amount. You're looking at something like 10 grams at, at a at a fresh weight. You know, yeah. something dried. Something dried on on average, let's say the smallest stem and cap you can find can weigh upwards of like 0. 0.1 to 0.2, you know, that's dried. And I, and I have weighed these, I've taken them for years and I weigh them and uh, I've gotten pretty good with just looking at a stem and a cap and understanding what this thing uh, potentially weighs. So I don't have to weigh it every time anymore and just look at it like, yeah, this is probably a 0. 0.1 or 0. 0.2 is hardly ever exceeds a 0. 0.3 of a gram because of their sizes now we do have, I do mostly take golden teacher, but like you're thinking over an eighth for sure, but this thing could have been six, seven grams. This thing could have been 10 grams for all, you know, depending on how dense I can't yeah. believe you ate the whole thing, man. I mean, I, I, I had to blend it up. <laughs> there was no <laughs> way I was eating that whole thing. Like after taking the first bite, I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, no, I can't do this or I'll throw up. Did you start tripping while you were blending? And <clears throat> um, no, not yet. But it did kick in a lot sooner than like the dried ones would. And yeah, I'd say like I had a lot more visuals than I usually would have had. Uh, colors super vivid. Seems like your vision is just in four K. And then yeah, yeah that that's sounds Sony. awesome, man. Forgetting also, yeah. you know, 4K Sony Atmos. And we, we gotta <laughs> we gotta give them a plug, even though they don't give two shits that we exist. But hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's such a. It's they such might a, give it some time. <laughs> you know, hundred episodes from now. Really, you, you want Sony to sponsor Lost in the Groove, a podcast? Don't care. Podcast that discuss psychedelics. That will make you shit your brains. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, if they want to support us, man, hey, let them go for and, it. And or might make you, and or might make you want to go out and buy a 4K TV so you can trip out on 4K on 4K. Okay, Henry, when we get no. Sony Sony on, you're gonna come on and we're gonna do an advertisement for them, all three of us. <laughs> this is happening. All right, calm <laughs> down. Like your trips can be this much better with a sony tv oh, and then it just cues in all the colors oh yeah don't feel like watching anything it's okay we have a graphics channel where it's just colors made for just your type of experience i would love for a day where tvs have a psychedelic mode yeah you know, like it, it, cool. it automatically like infers the colors to as if you're on a trip, you know, like on your trip. And then, you, you know, you're kind of being able to go with the with the flow, you know, where you're seeing. So all the, do you, screen. did you always use Mac 
Dave, or did you use a PC at some point in your life? I have always been an Apple fan. Um, I remember the days of Dell, Dell beige giant boxes with dial-up, and that terrified me as a kid. So I've always been terrified of Microsoft. <laughs> well, I bring it up because specifically <clears throat> back in the day, uh, Windows Media Player. If you played on played a song, it would actually create visuals for you based on the music. And then it would have different um, settings. You can go into Equalizer and change the settings, and it would change the uh, the visuals as well Interesting. Um, based on the music. So when you said a, psych a psychedelic mode for TV, I thought of that period of time for music and what they uh, were able to do, which was cool. I mean, we, we are... Maybe, maybe we can do it for TV. I mean, we are coming to a point, especially now, where this derogatory oppression towards psychedelics are kind of taking a turn. I mean, you know, Magic Mushrooms is a great example of this. And Henry, you know, if you want to elaborate this in a little bit more, especially where we are now, there has come a point where states have actually legalized it. And yep. it's becoming available in the masses where now even more different, sorry, not more, different types of products <laughs> are being made just for the share experience. I mean, Henry, in your own words, how do you view it right now where we stand with, with magic mushrooms? Is this like the golden age to be alive when it comes to mushrooms? Oh, yeah. Like, considering the fact that we have states that have decriminalized it, like I've walked into dispensaries that in California that are selling them. And they have like chocolate no bar, yeah, chocolate bars. They make chocolate bars out of them now, and so I think honestly, like people are gonna start doing research on magic mushrooms and how that can benefit people by taking them. And I could see it. It's probably gonna be a while, but that's already happening. Yeah, yeah. So that's happening. No, now. it's already it's already happening. Like what you're thinking is happening. It's happening. Uh, the only reason why we have it legalized is because it's been occurring for such a long period of time that uh, the research is showing um, huge like leaps in the quality of life for people who are undergoing uh, treatment with psilocybin. So this is why it's what you're thinking has already begun to occur. And um, the, the, the bigger question I want to leave for probably the last episode of this season is just the the broad discussion of like where we are as a society for uh, human health, human psychological, emotional health, and the um, the findings of psychedelics actually working. What's you know what's prompting the changes exactly why why are companies interested in looking at this for the first time ever you know research labs organizations uh universities and their and their labs so because we've made it this far we can see it in dispensaries i did not know that i didn't know yeah. dispensaries like where what part of california did you go <laughs> that had these mushrooms and they obviously they're, they're already 
under heavy scrutiny and uh, uh, I, I want to say um, uh, monitoring. So they were clearly not worried about selling them. It must have been legal. I don't know if it was legal yet because I know they're decriminalized, but I don't know like if they're legal to sell because they, when I entered the shop, they were kind of skeptical and they're just like no phones at all, like turn them off. And that's it, typical. Yeah. But I can. Yeah, that's, like, a, that's actually can, pretty typical. Yeah. But I can honestly see like later in the future, once they've like done their research and see how good it is for people, like I could see people getting like maybe a medical card the same way they get some for marijuana and being oh, able to go and get do. their doses of magic mushrooms. You see, like I'm fascinating. Doing- I'm dealing right now with um, with medical card um, here in Florida because you know Florida's Republican state full of shitheads and morons that run this uh, run this state, idiots. Uh, but it's just it, you know like I I wanted to bring this up. I, I when I went ahead and I applied for my medical card, I spoke with a doctor, and he had absolutely no idea about any of this stuff, you know, and I was like telling him like what I'm looking for. And I mentioned to him that I've gone to therapists and he's like, okay, show me paperwork from the therapist. I'm like, aren't you the doctor? Aren't you supposed to be the one that diagnoses and then helps me figure out what I'm see? This is the problem though. And I feel like, especially when we moving forward, when we're dealing with medical cards is I'm not saying this applies to all doctors, but already from my own experience, I'm seeing this lack of education where we are allowing these people to be responsible for giving us care for psychedelics, for cannabis, for all of these things. I, I get that, you know, especially get to the point where there'll be medical cards for psychedelics, but how would that work? I mean, if we're at a point now, again, in my own experience, where I'm dealing with this, can you imagine somebody trying to get a medical card for uh, mushrooms, and the doctor's like, uh, "Do you have papers from your shaman? Can you show me the papers of the shaman that you went?" Yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't it make more sense? Special? But how wouldn't it make more sense to go to a doctor that's already experienced? I mean, you know, here in LA for the last twenty years, you wouldn't just go to any doctor. There were there were ones that specifically did this and they would just sign off if they felt like, OK, six month term. You had, you know, you probably had your medical card here, Dave, while you were while you were out here. So, I mean, uh, the same would be said about psilocybin if and when that time came. And even in your case right now, the fact that you're having these problems, like seek out another doctor that's actually a professional in this area. He's going to save you a lot of time and money and a lot of heartache because he does this all the time. It might cost you a hundred bucks, but he's doing like 20 of you a day. That's two grand a day. He's not asking a lot of questions. It's literally how it was here. Doctors were giving up their general practices to go or, or just opening up these shops on the side from their general practices. And they'd come in six hours a day and just sign scripts. You have that. I'm sure it's out there somewhere in Florida. You need to find that guy um because uh honestly fuck you may not know this but for a period of time shit was advertised everywhere 
here in California. Doctors just putting up their ads on Craigslist, putting them in the newspaper, putting them everywhere so that you'd know like, hey, I'm a doctor. You can get it for 50 bucks here. It's just 50 bucks for my signature. Just come in, you know. All right. Try it. Try it. That might save you a lot of headache, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I went through I uh, went through Vera Heal. Um, they're very reliable and they have a very good reputation. But tr- I don't want to get off too too much off the topic. I mean, especially Henry. How do you how do you see it in the future in regards to medical use? You know, I I think the most important, especially this episode, where we kind of want to focus more on the the benefits, the understanding of mushrooms kind of getting an idea of what it is and then you know we'll kind of cover in the other part of course you're gonna love this uh the experience you probably can have an hour long a conversation of experiences but mm-hmm. medical wise moving forward especially now and you know going five ten years in the future how how do you feel the direction we're going is the right direction Hmm. And like the future sense medically, like just from watching different documentaries and listening to pod, like other podcasts, like Joe Rogan. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Paul Stimmons, but uh, he was talking about his experience with stuttering. Like when he was a child, it was terrible. Like couldn't even speak and took some magic mushrooms and, uh, like just kept repeating in his mind or thinking like I can speak good. I no longer stutter, just like kept repeating affirmations. And the day after that, he never had a like stuttering issue again, like could just talk just fine. Um, and then near to Nirvana, uh, that one I mentioned in the last podcast, but they go over uh, magic mushrooms and the guy that, Uh, speaks about it in that documentary he uh, had some pretty bad migraines he get these migraines uh, to the point where he said like he couldn't sleep he couldn't eat just was miserable and uh, after taking magic mushrooms the migraines would go away for like two months at a time and so every two months he would just do uh, magic mushrooms and yeah he wouldn't have an issue with migraines and so i feel like yeah people will hear stories like that and it just gets them curious and then we do more research on how it can benefit people like those being two thing migraines and then making reconnections in your mind to where like your speech is great like who knows what else they can do it's just a matter of research and time me for other other medical or even this you know um other mental disabilities you know for example speech impairments dyslexia uh learning disabilities i mean it you know from especially from what you're saying that can be incredibly beneficial for a lot of people yeah for sure i believe it and yeah just because it deals with the mind Mine's a very powerful tool, and 
the like magic mushrooms it just elevates the mind and yeah like i i only <laughs> i don't know like what it can do but i sure do great things for people so i, was, I think it's good that they decriminalized it and we're doing research on it yeah i mean i, I was talking with we, we were speaking about this in the last episode where <clears throat> based on research that i've learned is that psychedelics they they kind of pinpoint and attach to certain parts of your brain. So, for example, LSD attaches to your third eye, that part of the brain. Um, ayahuasca, DMT, affects your subconscious. Uh, there are other, for example, if I'm not mistaken, uh, psilocybin affects the left-hand part of your brain, which focuses on, um, uh, what, what's it called, on... Uh, learning knowledge the way that we kind of function and, and evolve throughout our lives uh peyote affects the part of the brain that interprets music so you know from a medical point of view you can say to yourself okay you've labeled it as a drug you've kind of seen it as something that's dangerous but in a way it also affects certain parts of your brain, which can actually be very beneficial because when you're able to pinpoint certain parts of the brain, you're able to focus on one thing at a time. And by doing that, you allow the person to heal, focus, and stabilize in one, in one session instead of trying to tackle everything at once. Yeah. I find it really interesting the uh, the the story you were talking about uh, the man with the migraines. When we look at uh, some of the studies, the scientific research around psilocybin and the mycelium, um, and what it actually does with mushrooms, like basically uh, as it uh, as it's growing, it's it's spreading its like network. Um, the, something similar is happening in the brain too if we're wondering about like migraines, what is a general migraine or a headache? Like what we understand of it is on a basic level, it's lack of oxygen. When we're looking at um, the science of how psilocybin is interacting in the brain, um, we're seeing new neural pathways being connected and activated. And I wonder if that could be like what may have been the case for the guy with the migraines. Um, increasing the amount of pathways through the brain, making it possible for, for that migraine to dissipate, or I guess completely go away. Like you were saying, Henry, um, could, could be a reality, unfortunately only two months, but what happens when it's a steady regiment, let's say, instead of heavy trips, just micro doses for long, long periods of time as it continues to build out these neural pathways can his brain or his mind uh, maybe develop and retain the tools that make it possible for him to stay migraine free. You're in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, you're right. The mind is very powerful. Um, What this could be used for, uh, maybe uh, like numerous, un- like unfathomable amounts of application. Would you, you know, I can give you guys an example, a uh, very similar to the guy who stuttered. 
I experienced something very similar too in 2006 or 2007. Um, I wanted to stop smoking cigarettes. One night I took an eighth of mushrooms, smoked lots of weed and smoked cigarettes. And that night I, right before bed, I made sure that I reaffirmed the thoughts that I no longer want to smoke cigarettes. I reaffirmed that they have no purpose of actually using them. Um, and the comparison my mind made was like with, let's say, weed. When you smoke weed, you expect to get high. When you smoke a cigarette, what do you expect? Yeah. I mean, it depends. Like there was no, there, there was no gain. I mean, it depends on, it depends on the experience. I mean, for some people smoking cigarettes, I, I can say from my own experience, I started smoking due to immense amount of pressure. I lived in Israel for three years, and in that country specifically, you work like an animal, nonstop. You get treated like a dog, and you work like an animal. Um, and smoking was a coping mechanism to deal with all that stress and anxiety. And is it an answer? No. You're right, though, because you have to say to yourself, is this really helping me or this is killing me quicker? Well, again, I mean, I, the point was of the story is that that's what I convinced my mind. The next day, yeah. I didn't touch a cigarette for a whole year and had no desire to. So we've seen studies with psilocybin and addiction as well. And that's, that's proving to have really good um, outcomes and results from that. Uh, this is an early case. I mean, I knew there was something special about it, um, but was still just ignorant. Didn't really understand enough, but I just knew there was something special about what happened that night. So virtually the applications could be endless if we're talking about alcoholism or if we're talking about gambling. I've heard psilocybin be used for uh, gambling addicts successfully. Um, so we just have to wait and see. But, you know, what's your outlook for what Dave was asking 10 years, 10 years from now? You think you'll see them in more dispensaries? Wherever oh, yeah. It's legalized? In 10 years, I'm sure we'll have to, like dispensaries, like mushroom dispensaries. Florida for sure or just inside of cannabis dispensaries it'll be certain states I feel like like I could see California Colorado Washington Oregon New York New Jersey yeah no I don't know about New York and New Jersey oh yeah dude there's been a very big uprising for legalizing um uh decriminalizing psychedelics including cannabis I mean New Jersey is already into the second phase Oh, yeah, New Jersey, I believe they have medical, like medical weeds legal now. Yeah, but they also, well, um, you know, we were talking about ketamine uh, with, uh, what's her name, uh, Eli. I was actually doing some research. They're actually starting to legalize ketamine also in New Jersey. Wow. So there's a... So they're of... moving fast. I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't have expected New York and New Jersey to move that fast. They're they're liberal states, man. What do you expect? Usually, liberal mm. states when it comes to but it's but it's in the uh, it's in the Bible Belt. I mean, usually the, most states in the in that general area just take a while. Not necessarily. They're, they're, they're moving thinking, quick, though. You're, you're thinking more of in the line 
<clears throat> of like Connecticut, you know, uh, North, South Carolina, Maryland, uh, Georgia, definitely Florida. Those states are more on the line of psychedelics are bad, psilocybin will kill you, you know, and all. It's, it's hilarious. I was, uh, I was telling Mike there was a story a while ago of a guy in Colorado. He injected himself with psilocybin. <laughs> and uh, I was remember I was reading the news and like all of the Republican states, they were all like, this is the reason why, like they had it on Fox News, like this is why it's bad. And I'm just saying to myself, the guy just injected himself with mushrooms. If you inject yourself with mushrooms, it's fungus. You're going to create a fungal infection internally in your body. It doesn't matter if it's mushrooms. It's a really stupid thing to do. But it's also like it's the misinformation. It's just, you know, will we get to a point in 10 years where that kind of information will be like, in a general term, everybody will be like, oh, that that's BS. That's not true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's the reason kind of why people think it's bad is because we don't have enough research or information like when they made mushrooms illegal they, they were just like oh yeah this is terrible for you and like shut down all research that they were doing back then but yeah now that it's a thing again like i can see it definitely coming back. Being like oh so this is what it's about and this is how you take it. And this is what it does. So, yeah, I can see it in, in 10 years for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, isn't it strange and how we've advanced so much in the past 20 years, especially when we're dealing with alternative healing? Because, you know, yeah, we are talking about psychedelics, but in a way, this is alternative healing. Uh, a lot of people want an alternative lifestyle when it comes to being more natural. And, <clears throat> you know, for, for fucking Christ's sakes, mushrooms, the stuff that we eat on a day-to-day -day basis, it has so many properties, even ones that even don't even have psilocybin. Uh, the amount of medical work and research that has been done you got to say to yourself there's got to be more there has to be more it's just it's not you know we've probably only got there certainly this. is yeah i mean we've only got to the tip of the penis mike only the tip you know and it's there's certainly a lot more imagine what's under. imagine what's under the ocean people don't realize that there's uh there's a lot that's sourced from the ocean um for medicine just as much as uh, just as much as land. So, and look at how much land that we haven't covered. I mean, there's probably so many things that can be used in one form or another. It's just uh, it's going to take time and a willingness. Right. The only reason why we discover these things is because somebody's willing to uh, globe trot and spend money and discover things and talk to. Um, talk to natives in certain regions discovering new roots and plants and branches and fucking bark only god knows so it's a it's an interesting thought to say that 
in the next 10 years to, to, to be able to expect such a drastic change. But my, you know, my, my like bigger picture kind of thoughts are, you know, why now, why are we, why are we not to say that I'm ungrateful? It's just, I question like, why, why is it now that uh, these things are becoming available and a little more socially accepted, even though the research has been around for quite a while. Um, if we look at mental health in this country, it's pretty bad. I mean, we're hardly number one in anything. No, other than, we're yeah. not even number three. Yeah. I mean, you know what we're number one in? Defense spending. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about Henry and, you know, if you want to answer this, I, I think people are tired of the bullshit. You know, um, Nixon, he was the end of a revolution of ideas, artists, researchers, a new dawn, especially for this country. And we, we kind of went to recession from 1970 all the way until now. I feel like, you know, the bubble has to burst eventually and it finally did people are like fuck we are tired of this shit already just let us live our lives for once yeah yeah i feel like it's gonna keep getting like that people don't realize like we basically run the country like if we actually work together we would run it more so than all these Republicans and Democrats. And so, yeah, people are starting to like realize the truth, see the truth. And they're like, yeah, we're tired of your lies and you no know, taking things into their own hand. And yeah, when you work together, like change, change happens. Oh yeah. It's and I mean, look at it, for example, even the researchers that are working on psychedelics, these are not government organizations. These are private organizations that are funded by Americans. These are people that are also in Canada. I know further, I was reading, there was um, many different labs that opened up in Canada that were working on LSD, DMT, uh, psilocybin as well. Uh, Boulder, Colorado, when I was living in, uh, yeah, Colorado, a university of, I want to say it was the University of Colorado. Or whatever, whatever universities in Boulder, but sounds, they had a research lab um, where they made LSD on the campus. That's crazy. So yeah, but I doubt you know I doubt the statement that like it's mostly people who are funding these things. It's there might be some funding from general people, but most funding. That's the whole reason why the entire structure of a country, not just ours, is shaped the way it is, is that the constant pandering for money and funding um, is not limited just to the people of the, uh, the country. It's usually directed towards uh, um, anybody with large sums of money who want to invest in these areas. So I would say like, who funded, you know, the, the university at Colorado? There's a good chance that they're, they're organizations. It's not general people like you and me. Um, highly doubtful. I mean, yeah. let's say five years ago, let's say five years ago, this stuff was starting to get funded. Like people didn't know. Nobody knew 
that it was getting funded. How did you find out, Henry, about the uh, the LSD uh, research going on there? Uh, one of my friends uh, was just like working on the campus and talked talked with someone, and one of his friends went to school. And I guess, yeah, they like made it in his class. That's and he incredible. Ended up getting being able to take some home with him. No way. Yeah. Some high grade LSD man, university yeah. LSD made yeah. on campus. That's but there, you know, that's a good example of it right there. I mean, it's uh someone someone there had to have experienced it to share that, you know, um story with somebody else. Like it's just not openly talked about for general people like you and I to be able to kind of be like, okay, here's $5 for this research. Most of the time we don't even know what's going on. Not for a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, one other going a little bit off topic is you could say yourself like Elon Musk. I mean, he did something that I don't think the American government wanted ever wanted. He literally, because if anybody doesn't know this, um, our wonderful government has ridiculed our dollar to now its only backup value is oil. That's the only thing that the dollar is worth at this point because everything else has been completely destroyed. But <laughs> he basically has also destroyed that, which is where he made electric, you know, this idea of actually having electric vehicles a reality. Uh, you could say the same thing about this is like where psychedelics and cannabis fall into a line where they are going to shake up the pharmaceutical industry tremendously in the next 10 years to the point that you're going to have, you know, Pfizer crying like a bunch of fucking babies and being like, they're taking away our money. And then, you know, I, I know Mike is going to be like, well, they're probably going to try to get into it in themselves and try to figure out a way of turning it into some form of a pharmaceutical. But it is no is, doubt about it. I mean, <laughs> is that is that something that we want? Is that something that we would really want? To no, see? of course not. You know, you don't want that. No, I don't want that. No. Oh it's, no, 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 no. But it's no. like that's but that's the that's the order of things. That's usually how it goes. Even all the funding, you know, it comes from places that are so high up and influential. Like there, there is such a thing as first dibs, you know. If anything, if anything, break, like breakthrough is made, um, it's just that's just business. I mean, th this is why I say like the entire structure of every country is just made up of all of these organizations that are just seeking out money. Like we need funding. We need money. What do we go to? Anybody who's willing to give it to you, you know, um, and that usually comes with some kind of strings attached. But uh, I think uh, I think psilocybin is a fairly benign option, just as it sits, just as a something that grows as naturally as it does wild, but as well as in a controlled setting. There's there's only good things to come out of like keeping it the way it is. But there'll be something someone will turn it into a pill and put knock your ass out for 48 hours eventually yeah. something like that might happen but keeping it natural is a 
is the right way to go. I mean, for whatever it's worth. How many people? Uh, how many people have you met so far that either have just heard about psychedelics or are like actively looking to try it? The question goes for both of you. I mean, you guys have friends, you know, people. Oh, numerous people. Like people that I've grown up with here in Utah and then like in LA, just people I meet, like a lot of people that whether they've tried it or not, like they've heard the benefits of other people telling them their experience and they're like, oh, I want to try this. Oh, I need to try this. What about you, Dave? How many people are you running into these days? Well, there's um, only two, and they're both on this podcast. Um, I see the thing is where I grew up, I grew up in a very conservative uh, religious Orthodox background. Uh, cannabis, psychedelics were very shunned upon, and I kind of had that reality until it actually helped me leave the community. Uh, I, I've never taken mushrooms before, but what I've experienced myself is when you are dealing with psychedelics, is it's a whole it's a whole new world of possibilities. It's kind of like living in Lewis Clark's, Alice, <laughs> you know, Alice in Wonderland adventure of your own. And it, it becomes personal. It becomes your own experience. You can share with your friends, your loved ones. Uh, sometimes it can become private. It's your own experience. But it's sad that we live in a reality that it is shunned upon, even though many cultures, Native Americans, South Americans, Asian countries have all celebrated these for thousands of years as healers, celebrations, ceremonies. And I kind of wish that we had that again. Well, you just got to be patient. You'll see it in your lifetime. You'll see it in your lifetime you know? too, man. You're not that old. No, I'm not. But... I might be an old man by then. Might be a senior citizen. Shit takes time, you know. That's why it's taken so long. And um, the, the public perception is kind of strange. Um, people just believe whatever they see, whatever they hear. They assume it's true. Um, they they lack the the motivation to seek out real truths. Um, that's one of the most beautiful things that I experienced taking mushrooms over all these years is um, always seeking out my own truths and um, questioning like the, the norms of all societal structure, like these constructs of what, what humanity has made. Like you can't do this. All right. Why? Who, who, like, who are you to say, I can't do this or that or the other thing i mean your rules are exactly that they are your own your rules do not apply to me short of like murder of course so it's it's been it's been quite interesting 
but if people did want, uh, if people did seek out, I mean, we'd, shit, we'd have a better, better political system if people did want to actually seek out information. So this is why public perception is so weird. I mean, look how long it took for cannabis. And we all know fucking cannabis is harmless for the most part. You don't go home, smoke a joint, and then decide to beat your wife because she pissed you off. <laughs> you know, but you do do yeah. that if you're an alcoholic and you drink um, and you uh, drink too much. And we've or seen those on, stories. Or if you're on the wrong antidepressants. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. I'm sure. I haven't heard stories of that, but I don't see why not. Antidepressants are really, really bizarre fucking chemicals um, designed to like really kind of rewire your brain. Like, how can we be how can we be okay with that? This is like some fucking mad scientist in a lab like, "Mm, you know, I add some of this and move some of that. It does this to the brain. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to we're going to wrap up and uh, we'll see you next week, Henry, for uh, experience extravaganza. Uh, So. In your own words, you know, kind of talking about all of these things, what do you want to leave over for our for our listeners, our hippies, our lovers, and our dreamers? As far as magic mushrooms? Oh, yeah. Um, I like what Mike just said about the whole finding his own truth. I think people should start finding their own truth, not believing whatever they see firsthand. You can do that without mushrooms, by the way. Oh, Just you so can. you folks know. <laughs> you can, but for some people, you know, they're hard opinionated. I don't know. Just yeah. Yeah, all of those things are true about people. People are complicated, man. And, yeah. more, and more importantly than anything else is doesn't matter if you're a Republican, doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, doesn't <laughs> matter if you're a, a hick. Or a hippie, or a redneck, or a country bumpkin. Doesn't matter. We're all brothers and sisters. All shapes, sizes, colors, races. So with that, unfortunately, you guys are going to have to listen to part two. Sorry. Just, we have to do it this way. <laughs> Catch you guys in the next one. Peace. See you then. All right, guys, we have reached that time in our podcast. This has been great. It has been fun, and we got lost in the groove. So stay tuned. Every Tuesday, be sure to check out a new episode of Lost in the Groove. It premieres about 2 a.m. in the morning, and our other channels, Sham Bam with Mike and Dave, which is our Patreon podcast, and our extra special, The Shindig Variety Show. Podcast. Links will be down in the description box so you can vote for what topic we cover next season. And what other kind of content or new ideas and stuff we have to offer. Thank you guys so much for watching. Catch you guys in the next one.